Hey everybody, welcome to Maximum Libertarian. I am Brian. I'm joined here today with Are you still going by Chef Lily? Yep. Alright, there we go, everybody. So, um Alright, we're gonna let her control the topics and we'll go from there. So, alright, let's start. Well thank you, Brian. It was really great. Um the podcast that we had last time and some of the current events I really wanted to come on and show today and you know just share my opinions and my thoughts and all this other stuff that's happening in the world but the first thing I really want to talk about in um, is about Texas the the Supreme Court just passed um, the abortion uh, laws and it was an interesting day to say the least so Texas is probably one of the coolest states that I've ever been in and a part of and um, I did some judging like a hundred million years ago on barbecues and stuff like that uh, when I was a gourmet chef or when I was active and it was fun to go from school culinary school to go to Texas and to see what you know what is barbecue and um, I fell in love with the state but I never moved there um, it was just a little too hot even though I was from Florida, so that doesn't even make sense to me, but I didn't um, ever put roots down, but I have visited like Fort Bragg's, um, oh, I hear you, baby. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been Keep on all talking. Over, yeah, I've been all over um, the United States, and Texas was one of my favorite states. So on the car ride over here, um, one of my favorite um, YouTube uh, personnel was talking about it and it's it's all like a male cast so I wanted to you know chime in as a female on this law that was passed in Texas so basically what it says that a female um, can have an abortion but it has to be uh, terminated at an earlier time it cannot become a full um like nine months baby it can't be like that it's only six weeks period um as an orphan myself from a third world country i really am grateful that my mom did not abort me because in other places um <laughs> um options like that aren't really um I guess a safe place to actually do it um, and when I say do it I mean an actual giving an abortion so I just want to know what your thoughts were on it Ryan first about the Supreme Court from Texas yes the ruling uh, <clears throat> honestly I'm anti-abortion and because I think life starts at uh, conception but I understand there there's like a one or two percent uh, thing where sometimes an individual uh, may have to have an abortion for whatever health reasons and uh, I would want to make sure that it was safe and not being done back behind closed doors. That's the only thing that has always made me make sure that it's something's there for the individual or whoever if they've got to come down to it. Um, so in turn that's how I feel about it. I think we've, in this country, one of the biggest things that abortion has brought to us has been, and I know you, we're going to be talking about Afghanistan, 
but is life is no longer precious. So in turn, here in Roanoke, we have a bad crime rate. It's skyrocketing. People are getting shot. People are being killed. And it's because I think a lot of times people don't look at human life. It's just disposable. Mm -hmm. And when governments celebrate late-term abortions, when people celebrate war, um, you're not celebrating life. So in turn, that's where I start having issues. Well, I definitely agree with you, like 112%. But the one thing that I never really um, got the full picture of a concept of understanding is only when I was an adult. And now that I'm even older, I really understand it even that much more. And that is the actual home unit called the family. Um, When you go on TV, you don't see really like families on it right um like i grew up with like uh fresh prince and bel-air family matters uh step by step these were families family oriented shows and now like today i don't even know i don't even know what a family show is um i did watch uh like there's like a couple shows that had like family units on it um, there was like the George Lopez show uh, that was really deranged uh, but you know it was like a family show so I do really agree with you when you say that there's like really no value in human life as a society and living here in Virginia this is the state that I was actually raised in before I joined the military um, the value of family is completely utterly changed and it's almost to a point that it's frightening you know but as as an orphan myself from a third world country an immigrant um i totally a hundred percent believe that every baby should be born because you don't know what they could be creating when they become a full adult and it's like i do understand that there's a lot of children in this world especially in the united states that are neglected that are being physically and mentally abused right and and i feel for that right but you can still become an awesome human being and a person of society um despite your childhood you know not everybody had uh you know mom and dad in the house right not everybody had like an a grandparent that they could go to and stuff like that and I understand that but when it comes to the actual abortion itself I'm a hundred twelve percent against it and when I was doing my research because I love doing research Ryan I found out that it is point zero zero two seven of the population that um, is for health reasons a lot of it for abortion is and when I say point zero zero two seven that is out of like billions of billions of people that live in the United States and there is literally like about maybe six doctors that I know off the top or of is that a worldwide number or is that United eight? States all right so there's only 330 nation. million people okay well as of what I read it uh-huh. was just the United States okay now 
I just read it and you think I would have that fresh in my brain. Uh, yes, I, I'm 98% that it was just the United States doing this survey. So with that small percentage of the population, it's still very important. But the doctors was explaining um, very like detailed how they came up with reasons to abort babies. And the end of the day, it was all mental health for the mother. It had nothing to do with the physical body. It had to do with the mind. And if they felt like they got pregnant and they couldn't afford it, right? Um, and then there's a lot of hospitals in the United States that I was very unaware of, uh, especially the VA. The VA does this as well. I don't know here in Salem, but you know, I do know that it was part of the West LA uh, females uh, clinics where you can go into for the VA and you can have you know your child and stuff like that but let's say you didn't want to have it you you just you couldn't do it um, they encourage you to have the baby and then they have um, actual nonprofit organizations right there if you change your mind on delivery day if you wanted to give your child up for adoption I thought that was mind-blowing amazing and it was like the people are being encouraged you know children do matter children are amazing and it's like for um, for some marriages you know people choose not to have children because of all the drama that is coming in today but I still feel that children should have a voice uh, there should be people out there fighting for their rights and uh, I just thought, Texas, what an amazing uh, outcome was that, you know? And it was crazy to see all the people that are against this, right? And it's just like, it was, it was mind-boggling, the women that were coming, oh, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad. Is it? Is it really bad? And then um, coming over here, uh, AOC was on um, another talk show or whatever and she was just saying that how can a man make this decision da, 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 da. and I don't feel that she understands it was men that gave women rights to vote it was men that allowed women that were um, if there was no sons in the family the property would no longer go to the states it would actually go to the daughter and they, that was men's making those decisions, right? And it was just like, men have been amazing throughout history, especially when it comes to us women. And it's like, when I hear AOC bashing men and bashing like, oh, their ideology is all backwards and stuff like that, is it, is it really backwards or are you backwards? And I highly support men and their opinions and stuff like that because it does matter you know and I am going to take it back to the Bible days I really firmly believe that men are the head of the household I know that sounds ridiculous if you don't believe in God but if you do believe in God that isn't ridiculous and to me when I hear AOC talk it just is like fingernails on the chalkboard because you don't understand and she's not married and the man that she was quote unquote with is stole money from her campaign. So I can understand maybe why AOC may be bitter, right? 
because the men in her life have just used her. And then you got to also think how AOC got into office and how all of that is. But we're not going to go into that because I could talk about that all day, Brian. But I just want to give a hat, hats off to Texas. Thank you for standing up for the rights of babies and for the rights of, you know, life itself. Right. And like you said earlier, I really believe firmly that life does start with conception. And I want people to understand that um, the person that's speaking right now is an orphan. And um, in the 80s, so in Chile is where I was born at. So there was a massive dictatorship there. And there was experiments being done on women and how our reproductive systems work, right? So when I hear that, I was reading the documents about you know Chilean history and stuff like that. And just to know that I was actually born is like a miracle in itself. Now, just real quick, like, um, I am adopted by an American family. That's how I came to the United States through adoption. So adoption does work. You know, well, one, we got things. Um, the adoption process here in the United States is so hard yes. uh, that that needs to be cleared up. So in turn, I think a lot, one of the things that the Republicans could have done in Texas is maybe make it easier for individuals seeking to adopt children their uh, that ability to do it um. well I gotta stop you right there President Trump uh, President 45 I don't know if we're allowed to say his name anymore um, he did cut down the paperwork in adoptions my husband and I are actually looking into the paperwork process for adoption right but um, at the end of the day we're just not going to adopt an American kid. Um, Why? The laws, if the mother is on drugs or is an alcoholic or is homeless or is unemployed and she seeks help and gets employment, becomes, you know, a good person in society in the aspect she has a home, she, you know, she can provide for herself and now she can provide for her child. That child that I adopted can actually go back to the birth mom. That happened in the 90s and in the 80s. There's a lot of cases of the moms cleaning up, which is awesome, and um, you know, taking back their lives, and then ruining other people's lives that adopted their babies. And uh, that was that's something that just stuck in my head because my mom. That was probably the reason why that I was adopted from Chile, because. There's no mom that could come back and say, I want my baby back. And in that to me, when I hear women, right, having birth, giving their babies for adoption, and then having something in their mind switch back saying, oh, I do want my baby back. So does that mean that every woman or a mass majority of women that have an abortion have that moment too that says, I should not have done that? Well, there's studies that show that there's a lot of women that have that regret afterwards. So in turn, um, I think you can make an argument about it. Uh, you know, that's why I have no real issue about... But, but once again, I think I have a lot of issues because 
our government has made life not precious. You know, society is not making life precious. You went back to talking about family. You know, when we have gun violence here in Roanoke, it's one of the big things is because of the breakdown of family. They have no family. They have maybe have a grandparent or grandparents being raising them because government has allowed people not to be responsible for themselves. And that's one of the things that we've got to get a grip on. We gotta bring back family, number one. It don't matter if it's now I understand sometimes that dad dies and mom dies and you're raised by grandparents, you're raised by uh, aunts and uncles and cousins and things of that nature. But you need that outfit. You have you need that family values there. Um, so that'd be the first thing. And then, uh, yeah. And the, but going back to the adoption, wouldn't what about the medical history? Because you right, you you adopt a kid. You don't want the kid to be have someone be able to come back up and reclaim them or whatever. Uh, but wouldn't you want them to know about medical history? No. Why? Well, because I don't have a medical history. But wouldn't you want to know it? Because you might be nope. having issues where you're like, you know, you know, oh well, you have well, see, a history of. I'm going to stop you right there. No, no, no. But because... that's but that's serious stuff that you got to think about. Yes. Um... That's an okay. So that's an awesome point that you just uh, brought up. But the thing that is um, gonna blow your mind is I don't walk in fear because I'm a born again Christian. But there's something else that I don't I, like. When I went to uh, nutrition school and culinary school, and I did all you know the breakdown of the human body and the flesh and stuff like that. A lot of the diseases that people do say, oh, diabetes runs in the family. No, that's been proven wrong. Diabetes is an individual disease. You cannot, um, if we had a baby, we cannot, well, I don't know if you're diabetic, I'm not. But mm -hmm. if we were, we cannot pass that to our child. And a lot of things that has been... Um, research from the 50s and 60s and 70s and maybe even the 80s now that we're in 2021 we're really realizing that a lot of stuff is not a passed down um, diseases it's not passed down or anything like that um, one of my papers that I was writing was about the liver in the connection to depression right and it really has nothing to do with the mother or the father's chromosomes passing down to the children if they're going to be a depressant or not and it was like well I've th this was my whole work for my paper but I, I just feel that um, a lot of stuff has been repeated over and over and over again so people do believe it right right but don't you think you might have an easier ability to get diabetes or heart disease or something to that nature so you can be made aware of it just as someone and like I was a kid and I used to remember when they were talking about alcoholism and drug use being a uh, uh, you know you could be pass it along to uh, your kid and I don't think that the kid comes out as born an alcoholic or a drug user but they're more susceptible if they start drinking and or doing drugs, they could easily it makes it easier to become hooked. 
Does that make sense? There is something. Or they can have a higher tolerance. I mean, the, the, there, there are things that we pass along to kids. Mm-hmm. So in turn, I couldn't see us not. Now, obviously, I'm, I have no, I haven't done any research or anything, but I mean, we do know we pass things along. I mean, if it's facial feature, if it's hair color and things Those of that are nature. physical. The, but but, but the, if, we, if we're able to pass that along, there has to be able to pass along other things that might cause it. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So, so in turn, if you're aware of it, mm-hmm. then you, well, all right, I know I might, I can, it's easier for me to gain weight, mm-hmm. you know, for instance. So I better work out. I better eat right. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's what I'm saying. And I'm going to totally debunk all of that. Um, that is, okay, so the studies that I had to actually read and do research on is everything that you said is, is, is not true. And, um, but then you can go find research that says it is true. So it's literally in how you do your own research. Okay, so I have, um, my father is a Vietnam veteran. My uncle is a Vietnam veteran. My grandfather was a Korean and World War II veteran. Uh, My great-grandfather was also a veteran as well, I was told. Um, And both my cousins on my father's side are Army and Navy veterans. Now, out of our family unit, I'm the only one that joined the United States Navy. Now, you can say all, all you want, but at the age of nine, that is something I wanted to do. And I was, you know, deadheaded, you know, for it and all this other stuff. And I feel like um, it is a behavior that we pass down. Characteristics of ourself we pass down. Because if you put me and my mom together, we really, we have few things in common, but my father, now you gotta remember, I'm adopted. I am literally like a carbon copy of my father. I believe in love. I believe in respecting your elders. I, re- I believe in so many things about the family unit. I will not make har- uh, massive decisions without my husband. Uh, I won't even make small decisions. Literally, like especially when I go grocery shopping, right? Um, that, that's okay. Grocery shopping is one of my favorite things because I'm a gourmet chef or I'm a retiree. And um, I like trying new things, right? I'm not one of those wives that will come in with all this health stuff and all, you know, everything has changed and all this other stuff, right? Um, I actually believe working with my husband and on everything, but that is a, a behavior that I learned from my dad. I don't want to be in a marriage or a relationship that one person's always ahead of another person or behind another person. My father always raised me to be beside each other so you can see everything. Like if my mom wanted to go a a different direction, if my dad's standing right next to her, he can see what she's saying, right? And vice versa. So when when I say that we do pass down things from our parents, it's usually behavior characteristics and then body, um, physical um, features, like you have, the, you have the nose of your mom, or you have ears like your father, those physical features, right? And um, I'm getting loved by a little kitty over here, that's, that's why I just laughed a little bit. Uh, 
and he's burying now. So these are the things that I really firmly believe. But now, because we have Google, DuckDuckGo, anything that you say and believe, you can find information that will back that up. True. And that's something that the internet has done, right? But I want to go back to abortion and the family unit. Um, I am very grown now. I'm old. But it's like everything my father taught me as a child, right? He taught my sister and he taught me. My sister is completely otherly on the opposite side of belief system. And we were raised in the same house. We had the same benefits. We had the same amount of love. Um, my sister hung out with my mom more. I, oh, I was attached like Velcro to my dad. And I'm the youngest, so I'm daddy's little girl. And I don't care. I'm a grown adult. I will still say I'm daddy's little girl. Mm -hmm. But the thing was, because of the fact that we had two people, parents, right? Um, and we were raised by two different mentalities. Our mentality as an adult became almost like our parents. We were like a carbon copy of our parents. And me being in the service for like a million years... Um, I really firmly believe that my dad never shoved anything down my throat, right? He always allowed me to make my own decisions, which is awesome, right? Okay. But my decision was to join the Navy. Not the Army, but the Navy, because I wanted to see all the world and all this other stuff go to port to port. I just thought that was the coolest thing ever, right? Mm -hmm. And... Um, I am the second person in my family to join the Navy because my cousin Casey, who I totally love, like that's that's my cousin right there. I have favorites. And um, Casey and I were both in the Navy together. And he told me stories about going to different ports and stuff like that. But I was old, much older when he was in the Navy versus when I said I'm making a decision. I'm joining the United States Navy. But um, it was amazing to know how important the family unit is, having a mother and father in the family, having like vacations or just getaway weekends or whatever, because I know a lot of families can't afford vacations, right? But back in the day when things were way cheaper than they are today, um, we, we basically saved our, up our money to go on vacations and stuff like that and to spend time and to explore different things. And it was, um, it's amazing. Um, but it's amazing to know that there's a lot of people in Roanoke that I did not know. Um, I did a project with the Habitat for Humanity. And the house that we were painting and getting ready for a family unit to move in is once again a single mother. And it's just like, it's so weird how that has become the norm. Right. Because when I grew up, that was not normal, you know? And it was what was normal back in my childhood in the 80s and 90s was mother, father, and maybe a grandparent in the house. And um, I don't know. It's just like when I was painting for the Habitat for Humanity, it was just like, oh, I could see little kids, you know, running around here. And they got every kid has their own room. But this mother is raising all these children by herself and has to work a job. So who, who's, like, hanging out with their children, you know? Right. And these are small 
babies. No, well, they're not infants or anything like that. They're, um, one was like a toddler age, and then other ones were a little bit older. But it was just like, wow, Brian, I didn't grow up like this, you know? This is totally, like, totally different. But then another thing we were talking about just earlier was, okay, so the breakdown of the family is almost, it's almost gone. But mm -hmm. then um, I was over at my friend Kim's house, who's an Army veteran. Awesome, awesome lady. All these commercials was about same-sex marriages, right, with families. That's okay, but let's say, like, if you and I got married and we had children, that's not okay. And it's just like society is dictating to my generation and the next um, what is okay, what is the norm. Well, I think you say t television is the greatest propagandist machine you've got when you go back to sitcoms i remember my aunt she didn't like um married with children because of the way that al bundy even though i found it funny and i mean my, you know my family found it funny mm -hmm. uh al bundy was treated and he acted like an idiot you know and he was treated he was he was treated very poorly and if you just look at the way fathers are treated in today's um sitcom they're always idiots where back in the 70s maybe 80s you know i know there's a few but you would see more andy griffin style where he or bill uncle cosby? bill cosby or uh philip banks or whoever you know or the cop from um you were talking about family matters and things yeah. These were like strong, upstanding, masculine jobs. Yeah, and they were, they were, they were, they were, they stood up for their family. They weren't idiots, and um, so in turn, when you see commercials, when you see television shows, it, it, it's really if people. It's same way with social media. They uh, it is used to just toy with your brain, because China and Russia and things like that. They're using social media and they're probably using the other things too but that's one of the ways they can get it is an easier thing to do to make memes and to make events and things to that nature to have everyone fighting one another but once you start to really understand what you're seeing as propaganda and you, you're not buying into it when you do your own research uh it changes everything so but and that, that's but what if you use research like i said earlier you can find research to say whatever you want it but, to say. But you've got to, you're, you're making an argument like a guy from work. He was saying, uh -oh. don't watch the news. He's a, hard, he's a lefty. Mm -hmm. And I don't watch the news. He claims he don't watch the news. And that's fine and dandy. But I, he's like, well, what's the point of watching the news? I said, well, the reason to watch the news is so you know who the candidates are. So you make informed decisions when you go to the ballot box. Well, then he's like, well, if you watch this news, they're going to tell you this candidate. Well, if you watch this news, you got to watch this candidate. Well, if you've got, all right, well, you got one, you got two options. Either you watch the news and do your research to go into the info wars or wherever you want to go, um, or Young Turks. I mean, going from left to right to all that stuff, do it, or you put your head in the dirt. So that's what you got. You, so you, you got to make up your, you, you know, and I understand it's easy to make a website to mm -hmm. say, you know, this person's this and that person's that, you know, or this does this. It's like vaccine. We, we, we are not having any type of 
we're now fighting one another because I don't want to get vaccinated. You want to get vaccinated. So in turn, you're better than me. You're, you, it, last year, you were telling everybody how Trump was the Nazi, and this year you're, you're cheering as they're asking for my papers at the door to the harvester down here at Rocky Mount. You know? Really? Yeah. So in turn, it, we know this. Mm -hmm. You know, and I know you weren't calling Trump a Nazi, but I'm just using it as an example. There's people that were like that. Yeah. You know? And it's driving, the media has blood on their hands. Straight up. There's, with so much of the problems that we have in this world, it's the media because they look at ratings. That's all they care about. When Jesse Ventura said when 60 Minutes, they started doing them pieces and they started making money because it always had been the news division lost money. Mm -hmm. Once they saw 60 Minutes makes us money doing pieces like they, would do, they were doing, all of a sudden, the other media started. They started following along, and he started following along. And now you don't get commercials during the news. You're getting vac. Uh, you're getting uh, medicines. Mm -hmm. you, you know now it's pharmaceuticals. Yeah. You know, and I think even though as a libertarian, we're two. There's two countries that allow pharmaceuticals to, uh, to 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 show to to advertise on television. I think that's a real. I think that's a debate we should truly have. Should I be showing some stupid uh, drug to quit smoking mm -hmm. that makes you get angry, suicidal, have bad thoughts, and that not, and, and and or or people will look at it and think about like, oh, well, instead of working out, I can just take this pill and I'm going to lose weight, or you know, or I don't. Who cares about having diabetes? I'll just take a shot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think well, that's a debate we should have, and that could be another time. About I don't know if I would allow ads from from uh, these pharmaceutical industries to be on there. So pharmaceutical commercials back in the day were supposed to be literally at like midnight to four a.m. and now I guess you can watch it during whatever. But the funny thing is this: um, we we have like so we have a division in the United States, right? Um, one the the division is this, and it's simple. Think for yourself, or fall in line with what is being fed to you. And because I come from an amazing, amazing father, um, he always he always said this, which was the most annoying thing. And now that I'm an adult, I say it. Even to my husband, I caught myself. Um, what would you do if I was not here? And my dad always said that because he wanted me to think for myself, to think how to get out of a problem or a situation or even how to avoid them, right? So when I hear about the vaccines and stuff like that, um, I have to give props before I go any further to the Japanese government and the Japanese scientists because they are the ones that broke down the vaccines. Well, technically, they're not really vaccines, um, but they literally took one vial and they put it under a microscope and they found out what different kind of metals were in there. Okay, so... Now, which vaccines are you talking about? Oh, my gosh. I think are you just talking about vaccines in general? You're not talking about this COVID vaccine. I'm talking about the COVID vaccine oh, no. specifically. Um, I have to go through my papers again to say if it was 
Pfizer or what what version of the vaccine. But um, I shouldn't call them vaccines. Experimental jabs, I guess is a, uh, a better way of saying it. So the Japanese have found three types of metals in this um, experimental jabs, right? And metals in our body is... Um, is the hugest thing that can harm us. Okay, um, I don't know if you know anybody that has shrap metal in their bodies. Shrap metal is when you go to war or maybe you're a construction worker and something metal breaks and it goes into your body and it goes into the muscles, into, you know, into your skin and it hibernates into your body. Okay, that is a piece like an object in your body right and uh, even when people get like hip replacements and shoulder replacements and all this other stuff they like five to ten years afterwards right their immune system is totally changed in the aspect metals are in their body right mm -hmm. and it's like I have done probably I would have to say about maybe a year research about metals um, but there is this guy I watch on YouTube called, um, well, his name is um, Alan, but he's called Mr. Ballin. And he just did a report about the scientists. Now, listen to this, guys. A scientist that had millions of dollars uh, researching what metals do in the human body. That was her specific job was to get metals into your bodies and take notes to see how it affected your body. Okay, so metals is no good for the liver. Metals will shut down your kidneys. These are just cold, hard facts. You cannot uh, say that they won't do that. There's research upon research. But this one scientist, it was a lady, um, she was dealing with a metal and um, it was so toxic that they had to have a full body suit mask. Um, when I say mask, I mean plastic mask on the face, covering the nose, mouth, ears, everything, right? And then she's in a full body suit. She had, I think it was two pairs of gloves on and this droplets came onto her first coat of, um, of her glove. Okay, it did not even reach her skin. She died two weeks later from exposure from this metal. And I will text you that video. Um, it was so incredible. But this was, they were testing metals in human bodies in the 80s, 70s, and 90s. Mm -hmm. And then I have, you know, draw the line to Japan. They just said they found two different kinds of metals in these experimental um, jabs, this stuff that they're giving you. So what metal does, it also breaks down the chemicals in your brain. Okay, so if you think that, okay, so the brain is like our computer. And if you're putting all of this impurities into it, it really slows down the computer it may create fogginess. You may be like, oh, I walked into this room. What the heck was I getting? 
or you're in mid-conversation and you just shut down because you can't remember the next thing you're going to say. Now, these are the um, aspects of what effects metals do to the human body. And then you got to think again, Brian. Mm -hmm. They want to give this metal injection to your children. So I feel like this generation um, of attack isn't so much on the senior citizens and adults. It's our children that are coming after it. So are you anti-vaccine, or would you be? Yes, 112%. All, all vaccines? Uh, all vaccines, 112%. Okay, so let's break down what a vaccine is, because a lot of people have misconceptions of what it is. Once again, I am not a doctor. I am a nutritionist. I am a gourmet chef. I have been working with the digestive system for over five years. I have done massive papers and research on the human liver, the effects of the liver has with depression, the effects the liver has with behavior, effects of the liver. Like, I wouldn't say I was a liver specialist, but I'm pretty dang close to it. Um, but anyway, so what I wanted to share with you with a vaccine is, a vaccine is a shell. Inside the shell, there is whatever disease that is plaguing or whatever is in the community. So what they do is they take, oh, I'm getting kitty love right now. Oh, you're such a cute little kitty. So um, so the vaccine, every time you inject a vaccine into you, you are injecting whatever disease into your bloodstream directly. So back in the day, vaccines were used with eggs, okay? So it need, like the egg was almost like a host right? And they inject it with all the diseases and stuff in it, and then they put it directly into you. That is literally the basics, okay? Now, I do not ever recommend anybody under, I don't care what, if you are perfect health or not, ever to take the flu vaccine. Don't ever take flu shots. And that's funny because the flu, right, is so different and because you're taller than me you are older than me you are um a man right the flu will affect you differently i'm 411 and i'm fat but that's okay um the flu will affect me differently because your immune system is different because it's yours my immune system is different because it's mine so when you were talking about um, like passing on diabetes and all this other stuff, right? You, you can't think that way because you have only half of the chromosomes from your mother and you only have half of your chromosome from your father. So that passing that down is um, it's, it's, it's so old science. It's old thinking almost. I know that sounds really negative, but that's that's how I classify it, you know, because you got you got to think about um, vaccines are injected into the bloodstream. You will still get the flu after taking the flu shot. It does not prevent you from catching the flu. It doesn't. 
And now that we know how flus are, there's different uh, strains of the flu. So therefore, are you going to have 17 vaccines for the flu? And why do we call flu vaccine flu shots, and which is an actual vaccine, but we call the shots for the COVID-19 vaccines, and they're just shots? See, how I feel like everything in this United States mentality is being flipped on a dime. Like good is evil now and evil is good, mm-hmm. you know? And when um, when Texas said, you know, what the law is this, you know? And I feel like we need to stand up, especially Virginians. I mean, if anybody knows what the Virginia flag looks like and now sees what Virginians are, you would punch us in the face. Okay, so the state flag is a man Stepping on another man's neck. Like, we're not going to take your shenanigans. You know, we're, we are Virginians. So Virginians, right, back in the day, were just as masculine and bad to the bone like Texans. And you got to think Virginia, um, well, St. Augustine, Florida, was where we first landed. But when we did our colonization here, you know, when we were actually successful colonizing here in the United States. Um, Well, we still got eaten alive by the Native Americans. But, you know, we came here to Virginia. And it was just, it was crazy. What are you looking at? I was just looking at the state flag. flag. So it's just like, when you see how far everything is. Now, I'm going to take it a step further, Brian. Mm -hmm. Okay. Step further. Okay. Y'all just bear with me. So Roanoke is an amazing place to live. Yes, we have our faults, we have our downfalls, we have our weirdness here, but culturally it is law-abiding, you know? And I see and I see these uh, uh, demonicness creeping in. When I say demonicness, I'm, I use this terminology, but I don't use it lightly. But it's a spiritual battle that is in Virginia. Okay, so we are a beautiful state through and through, right? But what is really crazy, Brian, is that, oh my gosh, from the 80s and 90s, Virginia was a really Republican. um, I love laws, you know. I love my neighbors, you know. I will help my neighbor if I see them on the side of the road, even if I don't know you. I will help you, right? Well, those days are way gone, right? And I understand times change and stuff like that, right? But Brian, we used to be like so close to one another. Oh, you needed bread? Oh, I got an extra piece. Here you go. Oh, you you need um, a battery or something? I don't know. I'm trying to think of objects, right, that we got or we gave out. But it was like I was raised to actually give a hoot about my neighbor, you know, and that's probably why I work with Habitat for Humanity, right? That's why I work with a lot of nonprofit organizations like The Mission Continues. All of these um, nonprofit organizations is because how I was raised to give a hoot about your neighbor, you know? And um, uh, when I was stationed in Jacksonville, I worked with the Clara White Mission. That is a nonprofit organization that was started by a former slave 
Okay, so if you want to talk about slavery and stuff like that, this nonprofit organization has been living past almost 190 years now, I guess, almost 200 and something odd years. It survived all all of the things, right? And uh, you can look that up, Clara White Mission. And uh, Eartha uh, is the daughter that helped her mom grow Clara White Mission. So this one mission, this one little little place allowed veterans coming back from the Civil War, coming back from war, a place to go and learn how to cook. And if you were homeless and you were enrolled in this cooking uh, class, or no, no, school, it's a school, and um, you could live right above the buildings. And Eartha would take anybody and then Eartha said, well, we got to feed the people because that's what Christ did, right? So Christ fed his followers. And so Eartha was like, I got to do that too. So Clara White uh, Mission is in Jacksonville, Florida. And they, they feed um, breakfast and every single day, right? And then on Fridays, they had this... They go to a church, a Catholic church, and they have like a setup of like a brunch or you can order like a meal and stuff like that. And it is all the students that go to Clara White feeding you. And that is something that has been a tradition in Jacksonville. And a lot of people don't don't believe that, oh, they always tell me, this is another thing. Another thing that's going through America that really irritates me, Brian, is people are saying people that look like me are oppressed. Women are oppressed. All of this stuff. It's BS. Okay. I worked so hard in the United States Navy to be successful. I didn't have to sleep with anybody. I didn't have to bribe anybody. I just worked hard because that's what my father taught me, right? And I actually enjoyed my Navy experience. I And I would not do it again in this time. Like in 2021, I would not join the military. But when under Trump, I would have re-listed if he asked me to. I'd be like, yes, sir, what do you need me to do, sir, kind of deal. But that's, that's how politics, you know, have changed the military. But um, where I was going with all of that was um, this feminist thinking, like they're, they're telling my generation of women not to get married. And I, as an individual, will tell every woman, get married. It is so much fun. Brian, being with a woman or, or man, um, is, it's fun. It's exciting. And yes, you have your up and downs and stuff like that. Well, that's with any relationship. But being married is, is a beautiful thing. It is not degrading towards me for being a woman or anything like that, right? So the feminist movement has really dampered a lot of things. But before I go into that, I wanted to say people are saying that I'm suppressed because I am a minority. And I never believed that. I never believed that at all, not even once. I never believed or took that cookie and ate it because I have experienced so much 
you know, my childhood versus my high school versus going into the military versus going into the culinary field. Now, I understand that there is people that suppress other people. I do understand that that exists. I'm not retarded in that aspect, right? Um, I feel that if you tell a person, you're ugly, you're ugly, you're ugly, you're ugly, you're ugly, like 19 million times or even a few times, that person will start feeling ugly and they, their self-esteem will go out the window. That's what I feel like the feminist movement is doing to us women. You don't need to get married. You're independent. You don't need this. You can do this all on your own. You don't need no man. Yes, yes, I do need a man. I need a man to protect me. I need a man to love me. I need a man to support me. I need a man to giggle with. I need a man to walk with. I need a man to go to church with. I need, I need my husband. And I know I wouldn't be the person that I am without my husband. And this feminist movement saying that, oh, what women are being, you know, we get paid less and we get all of this, all of this negative stuff, right? It's like I would like to take it, unplug it from every beautiful young girl and just say, just grow up, just grow up. Don't listen to all of this, you know? And that was another thing that my father did. Because, like, the Married with Children, I didn't even know that was a show until I was in the Navy and out of my dad's house. Um, so I was sheltered in a lot of things. But that's what parenting is, though. You know, why does a parent need to expose the child to everything, right? So I like that my dad made decisions for me. But I did get to see in Living Color, so I don't know if that was crazy or not, right? Right. <laughs> that was our show, my dad and me, because it was comedy. And uh, to this day, Brian, I have sick comedy. I have sick humor. Like, f things that uh, other people would think are just grotesque. I laugh. So, right. um, I guess that's how you felt with Married with Children, right? It was a comedy thing. Yeah, it was just a straight comedy. Mm -hmm. But I do know that they were making Al Bundy to be not the... And every, every so often, he would do something where he was like... Like, he would show up to be the head of the household or whatever... But usually he was getting talked down to by everybody. He was in a dead-end job. And in turn, that's it's, it's truly a mind control thing. When you talk about people being oppressed, being told that they're oppressed because of what they look like, and or but even, being, even being told that I was an, I was an oppressor, even though I had nothing yeah. to do with it, it's the same thing. It, it it starts because white males are the I think the highest rated suicides in the uh, United States. Well, when you really think about it, you're always told that white men have this, all this power and we hold everyone down. And then when you look around, it's like I'm holding no one down. I don't have no power. I'm in debt. I have this. I'm have you know. Where's this? Uh, if I'm supposed we have all this uh, power, what, what's going on here, you know? So in turn, it makes, then in turn, I could easily see how that would make it more uh, depressing for that individual. But I think in, in the end of the day, it's all mind control. Yes. And it's easier to control people when they're, it's like, uh, I was shocked during the, uh, real quick, I was shocked when, the churches allowed themselves to be shut down during the COVID. Now, I understand that a lot of them did go to Zoom and uh, streamed online 
parking but parking lot. So they were trying to make arrangements. But you saw these groups, uh, churches, just completely uh, fold, fold. And you know, you know, my brother, he he was talking to the pastor at the jail. Wait, hold on. Brian's brother is a veteran as well. Right. An awesome guy that is extremely talented in art. Okay. Yeah. So he he was saying he was talking to the pastor there to jail, and you know the guy's part time, and he was uh, he's like, "What made you come and do this?" And he said, "Well, he said churches are now either small or they're mega churches. There's no in between churches anymore." And I and I found that very funny. And I mean, the church I think it just dipped down to forty nine percent those that either don't go or don't believe. Uh, it was the first time in in the history of the nation because we being we're being taught to believe in our God as the state and everything needs to be solved by the state and you know it's just a sad and disgusting thing and um, you know one thing I would like to see just as we need to look at human life as being something uh, not just a we can throw it away. We need to be, so we need to bring that human life, make it cherish the human life again. We need to bring back family, and we need to bring back the church. And I, I know in the Libertarian Party, for there, it's not like it's uh, anti-religion by any stretch. I don't know how far it would go, honestly. But for me. I think the churches need to stand up. If it's a Christian church, if it's a Muslim church, if it's the Jewish faith, Buddhism, whatever. But they've got to be part of the this problem. But see, they've even been, you know, they used to do the, the hospitals where the poor would go and get treated. But then the government came along and said, no, you're not allowed to do it. So now, so then what they're supposedly... But what they're supposed to be doing has been told by the government, hey, we'll take care of it. So they're not really, they're not out there. You know, when they used to be out there, that's why people were coming to the church. Mm -hmm. Because they're they're being helped by these people. Yep. You know, now they're feeling obligated. Hey, I'm going to come. They're good people. I'm going to go hang out with them. You know. I'm going to interrupt them. I'm sorry. So what I want to interrupt with, why were people going to the churches is because the tithing would go to pay the electricity bill or your mortgage or something that you were falling behind on and the church would step up. But see, a lot of people believe that, oh, all the pastors are bad because there's a few of them that were arrested for uh, child pornography, uh, child molestation, um, even rape of, like, women were being raped in these churches. And I'm not seeing a specific... Um, church it's all of them you know the devil lays with all of all of the churches anything that's good the devil will show up so the thing was uh that i wanted to share with brian was that's why people were going to the churches because the church believed in helping the community and the community believed in helping the church so there was a beautiful relationship now i do go to a mega church though I noticed, but I've always been, I've always bond, like had bond with the Baptist church, but I never found like a small church to ever join. It was always like, uh, my friends from college, uh, showed me first Baptist in, uh, Jacksonville, Florida. 
Um, my friends from work showed me uh, a church in um, Los Angeles, California, and it was like I always had a friend that brought me to church. I never just went out and like looked for myself or anything like that. Um, but that was that was a major role in society all the way up to like maybe I would have to say like the end of like 2010 is when I really saw the change but then you know what restored my faith okay so there is a farm called Jetter Farms here in um, Virginia and uh, it was eye-opening to see all the families that were there black Hispanic Asian white all the people right and then I saw like the common denominator a lot of them were veterans because they all, we all had our flag shirt thing on our sleeves and uh, it was such like we have these burst of moments and as a human race we need to embrace the moments that we find joy which is come I believe that comes from God but um, the joy was seeing all the families together picking out their pumpkins you know trying to go through a uh, corn maze and stuff like that this man opens up his farm to the public and it's, it's amazing how he does that he makes money off of it and you know he even allows me and Rex my service dog walk on his farm like during the week and it was just it was amazing how kind and it's just like, there is people that are kind. So don't mess it up, people. Like, if you see somebody being kind to you, you know, don't freak out. There are kind people. And that was one of the things. I got to tell you a little quick two-second story. Brian, I was going to um, a gas station. I think it was called Sheets or something like that. Okay. And um, I was really excited and stuff like that. And this guy wanted to open my door. I just got bitten. <laughs> wanted to open my door. And he just stopped. And he refused to do it. And I was heartbroken. And you know why he's, I believe, as a woman, why he stopped and he didn't want to open my door? Because he didn't want to be rejected and be screamed at. Why are you opening my door? I can open my door. No, honey. Going into the store? Coming. I was coming out and he was coming in. Oh, okay. And he, he was he was going like reaching for the door, uh, little handle thing, majiggy. And he stopped. He took a, like he put his arm down and everything. And I opened the door and he walked right in. And I was like, mm, mm, that's all right. But that's what feminism has done. Men are so uncomfortable when they see a beautiful woman or a woman... They don't even have to be beautiful, but like, oh, an, a woman coming, they are now thinking, oh my God, is she one of those women? Is she one of those women that's going to yell and scream at me and uh, take a video of me and then it goes viral or something like that, right? Is that kind of, is that who you are? Because I know who I am. And it's like, that's what really hurts because my dad to this day still opens my mom's car door opens up every restaurant door, any door that she walks in, he will do that because that was his generation, right? And um, my dad still says sweetheart, honey, and all those other things too, which the feminist has said that 
you are trying to um, take away my value by calling me sugar, sweetheart, or honey, and all these other stuff. And it's like, I feel that like when our friend, you know, mm -hmm. wanted to talk to somebody, he doesn't know how to talk to them now because every the whole game has changed. Now I'm gonna ask you, when you talk to a woman, how do you feel? What goes through your mind when you wanna to get to know a woman? And the aspect, do, do I open the car door or do I open a door? Uh, do I like let a woman in the grocery store that has like four things and I have like 12, do you let that woman go ahead of you? I mean, what goes through your mind and do you have those feminist women in your brain? Okay. No, I don't have any. I mean, if it if I'm there, I'll open the door for the individual, and I mean, then if it's the grocery line, it would be if I have a big cart, I would let people go around me, you know. Okay, so it doesn't matter if it's no, I don't. There. It's not even a. I, I never even think like that. So, uh, but if you're talking about the feminist movement, if you remember Gloria Steinem, what what was she? She was a big part of that in the '60s. Early seventies, she started that, um, and I remember here just recently she had to apologize because she says she was talking about something, and she said the girls will go where the guys are, because that's just a fact of life. You mean if I was told a libertarian party had an all female libertarian party that I could go to down the street, compared to the Roanoke Valley libertarian. I would leave the Roanoke Valley Libertarians because I would rather be around more women in the group. You know what I'm saying? And um, so in turn, so, so but she had to come out and apologize with that. That the you know I've heard several people talk about how the feminist agenda has really messed up a lot of things. A lot of women are saying this, not not guys. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah. It's definitely a uh, strange uh, thing. And real quick, going back, and we'll finish this right now. We'll, we'll go on and, before we jump into Afghanistan. Uh, abortion. One of the there was a guy who was talking, and I know I'm having to do a hard right here uh, to get back into this subject. But he went to court, and he said that he didn't want want to pay child support. Because he said, with child support, he said if she wanted to have an abortion, she did not have to get his approval. Like if he wanted to have the her to have the kid, and he would take care of it. She could go have the abortion. So he said, I didn't want the kid. I wanted to stop my child support. And uh, the judge said that's the stupidest thing he's ever heard, and he had to still continue to pay child support. But I. But because the floodgates would have opened with guys coming out going, I don't want that kid. I never wanted it. And then they would be cutting, having to cut your child support. But uh, I thought it was such a, a really, it's a really, really good argument. So in the end of the day, I understand the female gets the final say. That, that, that's, I get it. Mm -hmm. But I really do think whoever help father the kid has somewhat of a I do think they get to put their opinion in there. Yes. So in turn if the father was be like, yeah look, I'll take the kid, they could easily do that. Um 
So in turn, yeah, the fact it's almost like pushing a button for the nuclear bomb to whatever. Yeah, she would be the one drop hitting the button. But there, there are you can make arguments, and when I hear people saying, "Oh, it's just a females," she's the only one who gets to make the decision. Nah, I do think it should be doctor and her, and then you know he he needs to know what's going on. Whoever, but as you see with so many of these talk shows. These ladies will come in there and have five kids, and they don't know what they've been on the show seven times, and they're still trying to figure out who the dad is, you know. So in turn, uh, we He's don't talking about more Povich. Yeah, yeah. So that's just a completely or, or uh, Wilco, uh, Wilco, uh, the guy from Jerry Springer, the ball-headed security guy. He got oh, his. Steve. Uh, yes, Steve Wilcox or Wilco or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got he I've seen him do that too. So you know, but society needs to change. Family, community, churches need to be more involved, you know, and we need to just hold life more precious. Once again, it Texas is Texas and I do the only thing that I hope that Texas is smart, which I don't think they are in some aspects, but is they needed to when you make a a real controversial bill like this. I don't even want to say it's controversial because when you really start looking into it, there's a lot more stuff that people don't know that was... They're, they're saying not, at the, oh, you're being restricted, but there's a lot of stuff in that bill that still allows you to have abortions and stuff. You know, but they don't... No one wants to read that because it's easier just to read a headline. Right. You know. All right. So now let's jump over into... Afghanistan. A couple weeks, was it two weeks ago? Yeah, almost two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, uh, President, he he went on and completed the withdrawal of all troops. It was a madhouse over there in the cabal. Taliban, you know, is now in full control. You know, 20 years have been wasted. Um, so I, I can tell you the first thing when I saw it, I was really disappointed. Uh, the rise of uh, well, I mean, my, the foreign policy is what brought me to libertarianism, uh, and what I'm seeing now. I mean, I'm I still had that argument where I wanted to um, I, I wanted to see when when I saw like the 13 guys uh, get uh, the, the, when he the, says guys, he means girls too. Yeah, yeah, the the, the <laughs> troops when the 13 troops died. Because of that suicide bomber, it made me real angry, and it really was disappointing and depressing. And then when you start really hearing about ten years ago, they knew the 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 Afghani's were not going to be able to hold up and be. Uh, we would have had to be there for life for them to have any type the the style that they were at. So um, I would have started making withdrawals then. And then number, but we could go all the way back to President Bush with, with the reason we went into Afghanistan is for what? To get rid of, uh, we went in there to see, um, to get bin Laden and when we... Allegedly. Right. We'll, we'll just go with what, we'll go with what they said. We went in there to get bin Laden. We had him surrounded. The uh, special forces said, let's do it. Give give us the, you know, I guess he was in Bor Bor wherever and what they did was uh pull back 
and that's a military industrial complex that who uh, was uh, not Harry Truman it was um it was the guy before Harry well, after Harry Truman uh, Dwight Eisenhower he talked about it even though he built it up mm-hmm. okay he 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 did talk about the military industrial combat. We got there for twenty years. We lost a lot of human lives. We did a lot. Once again, here we go. We're looking at people being the life of if it's Americans, if it's uh, Afghani's, if it's Iraqis, whoever. A lot of human lives was just thrown away like trash. I mean, and and that disgusts me. And I think there's blood on. Biden's hand. I just you just showed me that cartoon with yeah. from that was from China, right? No, that's from Ben Carson. There's some, uh, but I think that was from a China newspaper. That was an editorial. Oh, I don't know. That, uh, but it was uh, Biden on his knees and the Taliban surrounding him, and he was crying, and it said "loser" on his shirt. Um, I mean, we were in a no-win situation getting out. If we really do a true pullout, there's no. But what really bothers me is how they've. Just they they've just sold out the uh, the the people that were helping us that were there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've given the names to the Taliban. They've given the names of the Americans to the Taliban. I'm not saying that Republicans are geniuses, but if you want to have a piss poor um, uh, negotiation, do not send in Democrats. Anytime they negotiate, it makes you wonder, like, are we that stupid? If it goes from this to go to the Iranian deal, which I was in favor of, talk talk to your enemy. Mm-hmm. If we go over, but don't give them the bank. When Clinton talked to North Korea, you remember he sent Madeleine Albright over there, and they talked, and they she gave them all this, like, how to fly the weapons, how to fly the rockets. Nope. This is insane here, but that's all Democrat. And I'm not saying that, once again, I'm not saying that Republicans are the greatest, but my God, Democrats are idiots. But go ahead. What, what, what do you got to share for the Afghanistan? Okay, so I want to um, just say their names so people will know. So Marine Corps Lance Corporal Kareem M. Nicole, um, 20 years old, from, North, from California. Uh, Marine Corps Lance Corporal David Espinoza. 20 years old from Texas. Navy hospitalman. I don't know what that means, hospitalman, because I thought that was called corpsman, but I guess they changed They could it. be changing because, yeah. like, storekeepers are now logistics specialists and stuff. Okay, so Navy hospitalman Maxton Sovak, 22 of Ohio. Good looking kid. Marine Corps Lance Corporal uh, Ryan Lee J. McCollum. 20 years old of Wyoming. Marine Corps Lance Corporal um, Arid Schmitz, 20 years old of Missouri. Marine Corps Sergeant Nicole Lee, 23 years old, uh, Sacramento, California. Marine Corps Staff Sergeant Darren T. Hoover, 31 years old, Salt, Salt Lake City, Utah. Sorry, I had a tough time with that one. Um, Army Staff Sergeant Ryan, I'm going to say his last name wrong too, um, Kanaz, 23 years old from Tennessee. Marine Corps, I don't know the CPL, I don't know what that means. That's his rank. Is that Corporal? Corporal, okay. 
Hunter Lopez, 22, of California. Marine Corps Lance Corporal Dylan Mural, uh, 20 years old, California. Marine Corps Corporal, wow, these names are hard for me. Da Jen Da Gan W. Page, 23 years old, of Nebraska. Marine Corps Sergeant Johanny uh, Picahardo, 25 years old, Massachusetts. Beautiful girl. Marine Corps Corporal Hub Barreto Sanchez, 22, of Indiana. And I'm missing um, one of the Marines' names, and I apologize for that. I also want to say that I am so disgusted in this administration for allowing, it looks like, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 13 service dogs that are highly trained um, to be left behind. Uh, service dogs are are one of the most beautiful things to ever have as a helper. Um, they started using dogs in World War One, all the way up to uh, Afghanistan in 2021. And um, what is there was this comment or a tweet from American. Um, American hum Humane the American government is pulling out of cabal and leaving behind brave US military contracting worker dogs to be tortured and killed at the hands of our enemies we stand ready to bring them home ready our CEO Robin Ganzart full statement these dogs have spent their whole entire lives being trained uh, to work in combat situations or investigation situations and stuff like that. And just to see that they were being discarded like that. I personally, I am disappointed in anybody that has called their handlers for the dogs. I think, and this is going to be a very hard statement, harsh I should say. They're dirt bags. You don't ever leave your dog behind. You that is your soldier or that is your protector. And how dare you and anybody that gave orders to leave the dogs behind, you are scum. Pure un undeniable scum. Um, these dogs have been trained since they were puppies. Puppies. And th this is their whole entire life is to serve and that's it. And I just saw on the news, um, I do alternative news. I don't do any cable news or anything like that. Um, like Salty Cracker says, uh, Fox News is asshole. <laughs> so um, that's a shout out to Salty Cracker. Um, these people, when I say these people in the chain of command and being in the military for so long, and Brian can definitely back me up on this. Um, they're not always the brightest people, you know, they're not always, um, moral people in the chain of command. Um, a lot of people don't want to make decisions nowadays because they'll, it will hinder on their career and the career is more important than ever in society, which 
I don't know when that exactly changed to be that way, but um, the service dogs is like a huge thing for me because I actually have a service dog and I would never want to leave Rex behind anything. But um, the chain of command here is not being held to accountable here. It is almost a secret to know <coughs> who is in charge over there in Cabal and stuff like that. But there are people, and I'm, I'm telling you, every veteran needs to stand up because it's getting to a point. <laughs> it's getting to a point that we need to uh, man up. And yes, I'm a woman saying man up because that's a military terminology, man up. Um, so what happened was I was really excited to see Pineapple Express be successful. Pineapple Express was um, a mission um, using veterans that were former Navy SEALs and former Special Forces and Green Berets and stuff like that. The elite, top of the crop kind of special fighters, right, that we have, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, am I putting Brian to sleep? No, no. <laughs> okay. So what happened was uh, they were getting people out of Cabal and stuff like that. So a lot of people do see what's happening here. So all these Americans that are stuck over in Cabal and Afghanistan area, um, they're going to be used as hostages. And then now they're going to have the upper hand. Oh, you want your Americans back? Okay, give us this, this, and this. We have already given over 84, was it millions or billions of dollars of... Um, equipment I think it's billions I'm not certain of the calls okay we have allowed we have definitely armed and supplied our enemies quite well and that is also planned because I have done quite a few evacuations and we literally leave with our equipment in hand as we leave we don't leave anything behind and my husband was sharing me a story that I want to share with Brian and everybody here was a guy lost one um, magazine for one of their rifles. He dropped it, he left it behind and all this other stuff. And whoever, I guess the NCO for that unit made everybody look for it until it was found. And then when they couldn't find it, they made another unit come in and look for it. So when I hear, oh, we didn't have time to take our equipment, yada, yada, that is just false. It's fake. It's ridiculous. Us, Mar uh, I say Marines. I'm not a Marine. Us Navy folks, um, I'm going to only talk about the Navy because that's the branch I was in. Um, we are pretty organized when things come in and, and things leaving, right? We have literally spaces already planned out where the equipment's going to go into because being on a ship or going towards a ship, um, you just have to be well organized. And I say well organized and I'm not saying it lightly, but it's like when I heard all the shenanigan going down, one vest that was left behind is 3000 to almost $5,000 each vest. And there was like a mountain full of armored vest. 
I'm just talking about one thing, right? Well, then um, some of the former operatives that were over there, that were stationed over there, says that they have their laser targets they left behind. Well, because I was in supply, <laughs> I can tell you exactly how much that costs each one too. And it's just like, we left uniforms. Who does that? Right. Why would you leave your uniforms behind? That should be with your soldiers, right? We have um, inventories and stuff like that. So what do we do? Just shred it or burn our inventory list and stuff like that? And the lieutenant that was a Marine for 17 years, he's getting frustrated. Nobody's being held accountable. And I'm, I'm surprised it's just one person that is losing like their belief system in their branch of service. But this this Navy is not the Navy that I was, you know, a part of. It's totally have flipped over. Um, and I really do want accountability. But the crazy thing is the phone call between Creepy Joe and the former president of Afghanistan, Creepy Joe is telling the president of Afghanistan to say everything is on the up and up and to save his tail. But he knew that Afghanistan was going to fall. Now, if you don't believe that, then there's nothing else we can say. I mean, you should just turn off the podcast now because all the other stuff that we're going to be talking about and revealing to you is just cold, hard facts. The bomber that was, um, that took all those Marines and that Navy guy's life they knew that he was there. The chain of command did not tell them to stand down and get the heck out of there. And it was just like, to me, that was a setup. Oh, we got to rile up Americans to get, you know, all excited about this and stuff like that. But I really think that all of this drama of Afghanistan and how everybody's being treated, you know what they want to do, Brian? They want to piss off vets. They, this is the way they think they're going to start their civil war in the United States. No. So, yes. Yeah, because, believe. let's be okay. honest. Be honest. That was my honest opinion. The Vietnam veterans should have been fighting. They got screwed. Mm-hmm. They got, the, well, I mean, we, we could probably go through every war. Right. I mean, if you look at World War Two or whatever, we could start going there, but... We're getting, I mean, wars a lot of times for bankers. Yes. I mean, there, there's a lot more. Contractors. There's a lot more to this than just, oh, it's we're going to go help out the people. Um, but Vietnam veterans should have got angry. They did. And, um, I, I, you know, where, where are they? Well, you know, now, the, now, we've, now we get to be part of a war that ended so poorly. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I just can't, I mean, it, it's disgusting. But don't you think that leaving Americans behind and leaving all this equipment behind was just to fuel another war? So we're, no, we're, there, we're no. always going to be in conflict with Afghanistan. There, There's something else going there. I don't know what it is because you got to figure Iran's going to pick up the weapons uh, China. China will pick up the weapons. They can reverse 
engineer. The only way that it would make sense leaving stuff behind would be if you're going to put viruses into their computer. So when they start trying to do the reverse engineering, I, I could easily see doing something like that. But I know that's probably not what they were doing. They were, if I was a betting man, they're, uh, they were just stupid. I, I, I have no clue what was going on with this administration. I don't know. I'm glad to see Trump said, all right, we're going to get out. He wanted to get out in in uh, January of 2017 when he yes. came, when he went into office and was immediately. But, you know, that was one of the big things about Trump that he did wrong was he brought a lot of the people in there like John Bolton and those that would that wanted war. So whenever he would say, all right, we're getting them out. They're he like, didn't know that from the beginning. Anyone, I think, if you just do a little bit of research on John Bolton, on some of these folks, mm -hmm. you should have been able to know. Now, like, there might be some, the FBI, the CIA, things of that nature. Uh, there's a lot of people I couldn't say, I, I couldn't name. You know, you only know the head of the FBI or the head of the CIA. But I do want to share this. I'm so sorry to break yeah. your flow. His name is Lieutenant Mike Bird. Mike Bird is a lieutenant that shot and took the life of the United States Air Force veteran Abbott. Okay. Oh, but that's a police officer from the state capitol. Mm -hmm. Well, see, that's a whole nother thing. If you really look, see what when you had the insurgency of January sixth, that wasn't an insurgency. All right. Go, go on. The FBI already admitted that. Well, you saw cops it. opening up the gates, people walking on the side of the wire, of the rope. Uh, I know there were some people bashing glass and stealing things. and I get that. There, there was, a, there, there was did, just a madness. But, they did release a video, though, of the, um, what is it called? Oh, I forgot what they're called. Anti, um... Antifa? Antifa. They showed the videos of the four coach buses coming in, and they were being escorted by the police prior to September, January 6th. Then you also saw videos, right? Videos from the Capitol building, right? Of them changing into patriotic clothes and Trump this and Trump that. We have that, and it's been played on, I, I want to say it was Tucker Carson, Carson. Is that how you pronounce Carlson. it? Carlson. Carlson, thank you. It was on his show. I'm, I'm not sure if it was on Sean Hannity, but it was on all the alt media ones. We saw that over and over and over again. So it was about maybe seven men, all black, uh, taking off their clothes, putting on jeans, and, and you saw... Uh, Trump 2020, Stop the Steal. They just put on all these different clothes. Why and wouldn't they just come here dressed like that? I don't know. But, but I, I can't Look, the FBI, is, the, the CIA is, is, has been, when you go into a crowd you, you and who's just protesting, and they can put a couple people in there, and they start flipping cars, and then in turn, everyone starts flipping cars and doing violent things. You can look at, uh, because I was thinking about if I was up there in January 6th and I would have been near the Capitol and everyone starts walking in, I could easily have seen myself walking in there just because everyone was walking in. 
Yeah. Um, Calm. There was a lot, very few people. I mean, you got the idiots climbing up the side of the Capitol. But as I've said in the past, and I'll say it till I'm blue in the face, uh, at least they were at the right spot because that was the place that truly steals your freedoms, that holds you down, that, you know, don't, that they've taken everything away. So that's at least you're in the right spot. You're not burning down a neighborhood. Uh, of, I mean, poor CVS's. I mean, yeah. I mean, well, this is this is insane. I mean, yes. well, if you're going to go to CVS's and stuff, I mean, that's a whole other discussion is the homelessness. And now how, we're, how you're seeing companies like CVS pulling out of San Francisco and because they're, they can't even, like, people are just walking in and openly stealing. And they're, they're not target. getting, this is insane. And, um, this Walk is. Right by the uh, security people, right? If, if that stupid idiot, Gavin Newsom's not recalled, mm-hmm. well, it's, it's not going to surprise me because how. We already saw the ballots, remember? Well, you can see it both. You can actually see, like, you can see through the ballot if you vote for recall. So you can see if it says no, and you can see if it says yes. So, well, if it's not marked no, if it's not, if it's marked yes, you can see it. If it's marked no, you would just, you could figure that out just because yes isn't circled. And they've got that wide open. So if you're, if I'm sitting there, it could be from the left or the right. If I say yes or no, I can throw whichever one I don't want out. Yes. But the whole point of, I feel that Americans are definitely awake now and know to vote in person uh, versus this ballot stuff. This this ballot stuff is just for the Democrats to uh, cheat because they don't have the uh, machines to do it now. And now everybody knows about uh, the machines being, you know, manipulated in such a way that all states have the same glitch or the same manipulation, right? So I feel um, that this is the only way they can cheat because they know they can't win anymore. Everybody's awake. And I'll tell you from my heart, I know California is red, and it will come red again as a Republican state. I believe that, and I believe the people that are leaving California are going to Texas, and they're coming to Virginia, and they're coming to all these Republican states, and they want to turn everything blue. And it's just like, I feel that hopefully we have a new governor soon, and I really would like to have electrical, electrical, oh my gosh, I'm not, (laughs) electoral college throughout the whole state of Virginia because the state of Virginia is being held hostage by these ridiculous, stupid counties that have, like, the massive um, population. And then everybody else that likes the mountains or likes the, the rivers or likes the beachfront and stuff like that, we are, our voices are silenced. And it's just like, you come to my side of town and you'll see... Uh, you'll still see signs to this day, Trump 2020, uh, Ben Klein, all, all these. And it's like the other day I was um, helping one of my friends move some stuff around. And all I saw was Trump 2020. And uh, I didn't see anyone stop the steal or anything like that. But it was like, we're so awake. President Trump is literally the righteous president that should be in office right now. And if you don't believe that, then I, I just, I, I can't tell you, you, your mind will never be changed. And if you're that lost, then 
the only thing that can save you is Jesus and prayer because the the facts are so in your face and I feel uh, I feel for Mike Lindell you know because he said he put like five million dollars of his company into this investigation of trying to figure out how to prove right that the election was stolen and stuff like that I mean they got, he had experts upon experts and all this other stuff and then when I was watching I was well, I don't watch Alex Jones I listened to him so I was listening to Alex Jones talk about a man being arrested not once but twice for listening to Mike Lindell's three-day, um, what was it, his three-day uh, thing that he did right. like a couple weeks ago online. I forgot what he called it. But, but yeah, I, I remember him yeah. doing his little thing. Yeah. But look, Mike Lindell, uh, what's her, Rudy Giuliani, uh, I can't remember the other lawyer, who, she's the one who got up there and said they're going to release the crack and... Um, anyone, I mean, there's always voter fraud. Yeah. I mean, if through all of from things, day one, from every states. everything, every, every from from all elections, yes. from since the country was founded, we've had voter fraud or people doing things. So this isn't a shock to hear. So in turn, you would think they would be trying to make sure we can secure the election as best as possible. But the thing with Mike Lindell, uh, Rudy Giuliani. Now, I understand it's the media, so they can take out of context things. But I have yet to see these guys really give that... the They, they keep calling for this knockout punch. And they have not thrown a knockout punch. Okay, yeah. Rudy I, Giuliani, no. i got to interrupt you. Rudy Giuliani will never do that. Because he has something in his past that he's being blackmailed for. So he can only go so far, and he he's like a cheerleader. That's what I think of Rudy Giuliani. He is a cheerleader. But he's coming for, off like a lunatic. He's got yes. that stupid hair dye dripping down his face. That was one time. Okay. One That's, time, Brian. That one time can <laughs> change. Look, it's, it's like I talk to people all the time about the running as candidates as a libertarian. I said, what we truly need, we need people to come out there, uh, the fashion designers, and when you take, because we have, this may be a shock to you, but a lot of times when you look at the a libertarian candidate, they they you know they they have this facial hair that's just like a like a shaved in the dark. They cut their own hair in the dark. Uh, their outfits look like garbage. They're too tight. They don't match. They're driving around in some beater. And I get it. I get what they're doing, I, you know, and with driving around in a beater, because I'll drive a car into the ground, too. <laughs> but I understand, when you go out onto that stage, when you're in front of the media, if your tie looks like uh, Laurel and Hardy, where it's up to your chest, you know, it's a little tiny kid tie, um, and then you're, you could be saying the truth. But because you look like a goofball, uh, because you look like a goofball, Everything you've just said is out the window. So, but once again, I'm not saying there wasn't voter. Something was going on. I really don't like when people, like, I know there's several states that send out mail-in ballots, but they've had years of doing it. 
They've been prepping it to, you know, they've been going, hopefully they've been going through making sure it's right, cleaning up their roster. But when you have states just start immediately, California, New Jersey, just start sending out ballots, and they haven't even cleaned up their voter, you know, something stinks here. And you're not going to sit here and tell me. And I now one, I, I was really disappointed with Joe Jorgensen. I, I don't think she. Spike Cohen's okay. I, I would prefer to have. I would have preferred to have him on the front of the ticket because he can talk a lot. I think to me a lot better. But um, and artic- articulate the the ideas and the movement better. But when you you're you, there's no one that can sit here and sell me on uh, Joe Biden getting he who who's been ran out. In '88, plagiarizing, you know, so he had to quit. Well, no, he he had to quit because he said he graduated from law school like third of his class, and when he was like, no, it was like the third from the bottom. But I think he was also plagiarizing during that one. So and he got busted because he was he took some other guy's story and was saying that was his life story. Oh yeah, yeah. And then he let's see, 2008, he got pretty much ran out. And you're telling me that in Two thousand was it, no twenty sixteen they probably told him to sit down, and uh, but in twenty he was in the basement he got no excitement he talks like a moron mm-hmm. his running mate got not one delegate vote that's the first time in history she's not well liked that's the only th- reason when people say is he going to be removed from office it's like no he's not going to be removed from office because they know who they got Kamala Harris and she's not well liked. We've got Ralph Northam here as our governor. Oh. Okay, Ralph Northam, you know why he was saved? He he did the blackface, or he, or he was a Ku Klux Klan guy. He can't remember which one, but he was one of them. He just can't remember which one. And I'm, I guess he's having to debate which one was worse, me dressed up like a Klansman or me in blackface. So they, they, they And people actually allowed this nonsense to be... But then you have Justin Fairfax at the same time got the uh, sexual allegation charge done yes. against him. So and and then you have Mark Caring, who was the who would have been the next in line, I guess, I guess, I guess or, or or that top tick. I guess, I don't think Attorney General would be probably be the House delegates, like like well, it would be. Things first. Uh, but but well, I can't remember now. <laughs> uh, but 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 be it here, there had he dropped out, mm-hmm. you've had Justin Fairfax roll in. Well, he has a sexual allegation. Well, then you got Mark Herring who says, well, there's a blackface picture of me out there. I don't just don't know where, so I'm just going. It was like when Billy Idol came out, Heidi Fleiss got arrested back in the, was it the 90s, with the um, with the, uh, the Hollywood Madam. And Billy Idol came out and was like, I never purchased prostitutes from Heidi Fleiss. Well, no one ever said you did. He just took his preemptive strike. You know, so in turn, what he was saying is, I bought prostitutes from Heidi Fleiss, you know. And that's what Mark Herring did. But don't, so, but he, Northam stayed in office because they had shit bags behind him. But he then, did, he, we did have the process of getting him recalled. Eh, it then wasn't going to go nowhere because of that. I'm telling you, it was not going to go nowhere. And with Joe Biden, I had hope. He is sitting there, uh, and he don't have to worry because. They know who they've got behind him who would fill his spot. So it would be easier to use him as a puppet, which I truly believe he is. They just whisper in his ear. Yes. Now, now someone once said, and I was listening to Tim Poole say, 
He goes, he always believed that Joe Biden was the figurehead. He was a puppet. And um, he said, it's a figurehead, it's a puppet. And uh, uh, But he said, when you watch the Afghan pullout, maybe there is no one really in control because it was so poorly done. And I thought, well, that makes that truly makes sense. But if it was me... And I want to hurt, I want to be able to push, because they're going to push this $3.5 trillion budget through. They're going to, ju they will just force it through. Uh, ho hopefully the Republicans will take over the House and can stop it. But they, they think it's, they still have time. They've still got plenty of time. They could force it through. And But see, this is another thing that we don't take into our politicians. We don't hold any of them accountable. That is one thing. Um, the governor, I want to say, he was a former Navy SEAL and he was the founder for Mission Continues, had a sexual, um, a, a sexual Which assault. Um, can you look it up? Yeah, I'll look it up. I want to say Missouri. Okay. And this was uh, 2015 or 2000, no, 2016 or 2017. Okay. Okay. My friend Brian is looking it up on uh, the computer so we have all the facts straight. But anyway, so this uh, from former Navy SEAL became governor. Um, great guy. I met him like three times. He's just full of life. Uh, got married uh, after he you know, got out of the service. Missouri in 2018. Yeah, Missouri. Thank you. His name was Eric, uh, G-R-E-I-T-N-T-E-N-S. How do you say it? Greatens? I don't know how to pronounce his last name. But he was a, an amazing man. And I guess the lady that was cutting his hair and like prepping his, you know, makeup and all this other stuff for his campaigning and any meetings and stuff like that. And then he brought her in or on board and really thought, you know, she was going to be part of a family unit kind of thing, right? And um, she turned against him and stuff like that. But nobody ever investigated this woman. See, this is the thing. Um, for every conspiracy theory, there's always like 10,000 holes, rabbit holes you can go into, right? But nobody ever holds the women that make these false claims accountable. Like, I don't know if the woman is in jail for the fraud that she brought on to this uh, man. But what really irritates me, ticks me off, is he said, okay, you win. I will resign as governor, and now I think he wants to run for Senate. Dude, you couldn't handle it as governor. I don't want you as a senator. I mean, I need a strong, I, we, we as Americans need strong people. And this, and the, what really tested the waters for strength is President Trump. They threw uh, what was that that uh, prostitute girl Storm, uh, Stormy Daniels, and you know he battled it out, right? Then they tried to do the thing with Nancy Pelosi, and President Trump won, you know. And it, all these fights that you know go back and forth, President Trump never backed down. He didn't, and it's like I don't know who is protecting President Trump, or is he really that clean? 
you know? Is it's he... not that he's clean. It's just you already know. This this is a guy that's been married three times. He cheated on his one wife who was pregnant with his third wife. Okay, so it wasn't like I was looking at him, holding him up to the higher moral standards. The thing is, there was a comedian that I... Uh, he, the comedian is Jim Norton. And uh, I really... There was nothing anyone could say to, about him because that would really stick because everything he t he talked about it in his comedy show, okay? Trump was identical. Trump had every anything that would usually make people hide behind closed doors and come out with their wife to to uh, apologize or something. Trump, you knew this was who Trump was. So in turn, you got that raw his worst thing was, and I still hated his Twitter. I understand why he used Twitter, but I hated that he would use it because I think I would have preferred to see him. Someone else said it. They, he should have used YouTube. And but, but it's okay for Obama to use Twitter. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that it's against him to use Twitter. His Twitter, come, he only, you only get 140 characters. Okay, so he comes out and he'll make some side remark on there, or whatever the remark is. You know it as well as I do. If I was to make a comment, if I can send you an, a, a text message or an email, and I say, "Hey, you're an idiot," and you're going to read it like, "Hey, me," you read it however you want me to say it. If you want me to say it angry, mm -hmm. you can you can hear you can you want me to say it however you want. Where if I say send it by video and I go, hey, you're an idiot, and I'm smiling, I say it might might say it goofier, you know, I bring up my voice, it it changes. You you don't go, oh, he's calling me an idiot. He's calling me, you know, he's this is a joke. So in turn, when Trump when when you just type it, so in turn, had he put out, if he would have been putting out random YouTube like constantly updating it, I would I would have preferred to watch that. Personally, and I think some of the stuff would have came out differently because now you're seeing what he's saying. Okay, so I, I understand what you're saying, right? But you got to think he was still president. He had 20 other million things on his mind, right? Yeah. You can't just stop everything and then make a video. But he can have a phone in his hand. Okay, we got five minutes? Okay, let me just send out this tweet. So I think that was the mentality. I got to still be president, right? But I can send out a tweet in between meetings. Well, I can send this and this and this. But what, one thing I got to say, what really irritates me is Creepy Joe falling asleep at the Israel uh, Prime Minister. That was ridiculous. And the Israel... Some people say he wasn't falling asleep for what it's worth. Oh, when I saw his hands folded and his head not in almost into his own lap, I just... Assume that he was sleeping. Well, I, I'm just saying. I'm, for, for what is worth, some people say he wasn't. So another thing was, um, oh, I'm not political correct. Um, one thing that really irritates me is the lack of leadership, but the lack of concern for the ridiculous leadership. One four years, I have been like attacked because. I'm a conservative, I am married, I am, and, and it's crazy because like, if you know my background, you know that I'm extremely educated, but I'm educated in not just the gospel of Jesus Christ, but I'm educated in the world things, 
as like you know like when I when I see AOC I'm gonna I'm gonna compare myself to her okay we're both minorities right I would never um, go for an interview and apply like she did to become a congresswoman now that's a fact they have videos of her being interviewed as a movie production to get her into office and it's just like when she t went on I don't know what I don't know if it was a podcast or an interview AOC said war is messy and I just wanted to go through the screen and punch her in the face we the United States of America we're no longer in war with Afghanistan it's over the war of Afghanistan is over leaving Afghanistan should not be messy there shouldn't be no bloodshed and you shouldn't hold uh, a rifle up to a pregnant woman that she's only 15 feet away from the airport right and say if you take any more steps I'm going to shoot you so you're gonna make this one American woman that's pregnant a martyr you want I feel like Afghanistan is just trying to not Afghanistan I apologize the Taliban wants so desperately to keep the war going and it's like you want to keep it going because now you got all the supplies to fight now before you didn't have it now you do right and another thing that really got me my like heart like just beating so fast is that when somebody makes something right um they put their heart and soul to it because it's their name attached to whatever product is being put out there like a good example Mike Lindell and his pillow my pillow oh my gosh that's an amazing I highly recommend anybody to purchase that that pillow is amazing but anyway um not trying to shout out to Mike Lindell but that is a product with his name on it and his photo is on the actual products right and um so you want to have the best right so in Afghanistan there was these armored trucks right and these armored trucks took about maybe I think they said like two to three years to be fully put together and completed up and running and you know operational right they're all left that is like literally a half a million dollars in one vehicle all the windows are uh, bulletproof right they have metals protecting the wheels and it's just really suited up amazing like and uh, we just left all of that behind and the one thing that I just trips me out is when one of this I don't know if it was a, a house of representative or a senator a Democrat said oh yeah we're gonna be fighting in war with them the next generation to come up we just basically armed our enemies so we can fight them later. Who, who thinks like that? Like, what ridiculousness is that? Well, that's military-industrial complex for you, you know. And I, and I, and that's I, I not want, the chain of command being held responsible. You know what I want to see? I want to start seeing our president be... Uh, I, I don't think it's a, a gigantic necessity, but I would like to see the president start being more... being a veteran. 
like we don't you know like Bush was a vet Obama wasn't Biden wasn't Trump wasn't uh, I don't think Reagan was so the two Bushes were Reagan was uh, he but he had something else but which is fine even you know because I know people were like the old W Bush uh, was like oh well he was in the reserves but he, he was a former CIA uh, no that's the HW it's oh, CIA. Okay. Bush Jr. or W was um, he just did like reserves in the Texas Air Force or National okay. Guard okay. or something. Even though I understand that it's not full time military, he still went there. So it's something, you know what I'm saying? It's a little bit better than nothing, okay? But I would like to start seeing more veterans be active running for office, running for city council and state and local, state, oh, and oh, national. Okay. Um, uh, Sears. He's a Marine veteran. She. Well, a, I, I don't know if it's a woman or not. Oh, that's a I woman. Just, I just got uh, the uh, sign she, yesterday. Right. Well, I think it's why I know Sears is running for lieutenant governor, and I've not yes. seen... That's her first name, right? Sears. No, Sears is her last name. No, 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 no. Sears is no Sears is is a. But I'm just make sure that I give the right name. It's W I N or something. Winsome. Because I don't. I want to be sitting there talking about like I don't want to talk about Glenn Youngkin and then Winsome. Winsome Sears. What did it look like? Uh, but uh. This is the first time I've seen. Right there. Uh, she, but we need veterans holding office. We need p- veterans. Oh, stand by okay. for that. Stand by. We got. To, we got to break this. No. Okay. We need the right veterans to stand. True. Up. True. True. Let me tell you this. This what irritates me. Okay. So I was raised in a little town called Manassas, Virginia. Okay. Now it's a completely blue, idiotic, disgusting place. Yeah, because it's outside D.C. Okay, no. I grew up there. It was not like that. But it was outside, it's outside D.C., so yes. it's just cancer spreading. Well, yeah. But when I grew up there, that that's how I got to love my neighbors because we were all neighborly. And whatever, I can't... I, I'm not going to go into that. There is a Marine that was running for re-election that says, I am a socialist. And he got into office. I was like, what in the Sam is going on? I had to walk out of that, um, what is that called? It's off of 234 Food Lion. I will tell you exactly that location, right? 234 off a a Holy Road, there is a uh, Food Lion. And right there it said, uh, we need to reelect this Marine, decorated, da-da-da. And then it says socialism. No, we don't need that. Um, we, we have a standard when it comes to veterans, but because the Democrat are so leaning to ridiculousness, if they see somebody that's a veteran, oh, are you on our side or are you on their side? And it's like, it's not a there and them kind of sides It's do you have morals and values or can we give you money and manipulate you and make you a puppet just like the president is? You know, right? And then it's like when I see stuff like that, that irritates me to the fullest. Manassas, Virginia, was a beautiful place. Dumfries is literally a dump. The people there are was so vile, and it's like I can't believe I was actually raised in this. I can't believe 
And I remember speaking with my mom about this. She's like, oh, yeah, all the Republicans left. We moved, we retired, we, you know, we raised you up and we retired to go to different states. And a lot of people do, it's like a lot of Virginians do retire in Florida, which I didn't know that was a thing. And, uh, but it was crazy to know that going back, I, I'm going to share this with you. I went to, this is during the quote unquote, uh, the pandemic. I can't even say that word right. Uh, of the COVID, right? Chinese virus. Um, I went back home and the hate is almost like the Middle East kind of hate. When I was stationed overseas, I've seen some hate and I've seen it bred through their babies, right? This is what we're talking about behaviors, right? From mom and dad, uh, characteristics of mom and dad, you know, can be literally in soaked into the brain of children and stuff like that, like behaviors and characteristics and mannerisms and stuff like that. Even writing like this, like your parent, a lot of people say my handwriting is like my dad's. I thought that was really cool because my dad has really beautiful handwriting. But anyway, so um, in Manassas, Virginia, Prince William County, do not go, okay? They should have a sign in Prince William County, do not come. Like Kamala said, do not come. All right. So going back to Manassas, Virginia, um, I need, I was going to literally meet a friend from elementary school, right? And I wanted to get my hair done. And she was uh, a hairstylist person, right? And I'm sorry, I'm messing up that title because I don't know what it's called these days. But um, she, this is how I felt. This is my personal opinion only overcharged me, right? Mm -hmm. uh, butchered my hair really badly. Um, and it just was overall a horrible experience. I went there and I showed them my paper documentation stating that I know what the federal law says. I do not have to wear a, a mask. I, even though it's a mandate, a mandate is not a law. You cannot tell your customers coming in to put a mask. That's You are now breaking the law by saying that. So when people are saying, oh, you got to put a mask on and all this other stuff, walk out of that store. Do not shop there. Do not come, right? Because by laws, you cannot tell your customers. Like that Christian baker, he didn't want to bake a cake for homosexuals because that's his religious belief, right? Well, you can refuse people's business. You know, you and when we that story came out, the full truth came out, those gay couples were searching for people, specifically Christians, so they could have a lawsuit. So they wanted the drama, which I feel like a lot of people are trying to do these days, trying to sue you for anything or trying to do this, oh, cancel you for this, cancel you for that. Oh, boycott this company, boycott that company and stuff like that. That's why I was surprised that you drank Coke after all that drama about Coke. And I was like, what? Okay. And then there's like other things that, you know, are just being um, woke companies. Like uh, President 45 says, go woke, go broke. And it's like, to me, I really f feel strongly about that. Because this culture stuff is um, Marxism. 
But you know what is crazy? I gotta. We're talking about politicians, right? So the mayor of Chicago, her great great. I want to say two great grandfathers. Uh, was arrested for teaching Marxism. Mark, no, excuse me, for being a communist. He served five years in prison for it. Got out and um, he was an actual leader for communism. He actually taught like his community how to be communism or communist. And I was like, what? And nobody look, nobody researches their Congress people. Nobody searches all of that. And the the Chelsea, uh, the talk show lady that doesn't wear Amber. makeup. Yes. Her father was, or no, her grandfather was a Nazi. And she's calling us Americans Nazis if we don't think like she does. Well, so was Arnold Schwarzenegger's His father. Folks. Yes, he was an you SS know, officer. He just here came out saying, screw your freedoms, take a vaccine and right? stuff. You know, I wonder- That's the true side, though. When we saw that, that, so all that stuff that he's trying to do with the Republican Party, out the effing window, dude. You just showed your true colors that you are not American. You are truly in that mentality of what you were raised. So you came here, you were a capitalist because you sold your body through the uh, building up your muscles stuff, right? Then you sold your uh, milkshake protein stuff. Then you did, you know, oh, I don't take steroids. This is natural. Then like years, yes, I was taking steroids da, 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 for Mr. Olympia, right? And all, all this womanizer stuff. And, you know, you took full advantage of what the American dream is. And now you're going to tell me what to do? Shut your pie hole. You are ridiculous. You make all immigrants, like myself, look bad. Because there's a lot of immigrants here that don't like the illegal immigrants coming in. Like across the border. I don't like that at all. I don't like well, the problem children. that you're seeing is you're seeing uh, children people being, being well, people being forced and uh, be or be or be who are being forced to do it properly or being then they're watching someone come across illegally. Now it's like, well, this don't make sense. I'm have I've been staying in line for a long time. No, that's you know? not what we think. Well, yes, there's a lot of people that are thinking like that. I'm not well, I'm, I, that one, I have heard okay. because you're in you're you got to figure there's here's someone who's been in line having to do paperwork and paying and doing all that then you see someone coming across you know so they you're have to make me go through a struggle and then this person just gets to go through it that way mm-hmm. there's a lot of other things that's going through there if it's running if it's human trafficking if it's uh yeah, like when, like when, look mm-hmm. when when people split the kids and the folks they have to because they don't know who's who. You know they don't know they don't have paperwork like with the ID from Guatemala, and I'm not one of them guys. Show me your paper, but when I, and then at the same time, just like the 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 former uh, Homeland Security guy said to AOC, he was like, when there's a if if there was an arrest because I was drinking and driving and my child was in the car, they would be separated. Yes, you don't send the kid into an well, adult. I like that guy. What was his name? I can't remember. I'd have to look it up real yeah. quick. But that's the type of stuff that, I mean, it, I don't have no issue, once again, with the, we, we, look, the immigration policy is set up to be the boogeyman. So in turn, instead of trying to fix it, what it, it's easier to say, hey, let's 
one side will say, let's let all the immigrants in. One side will say, let's fight the immigrations or whatever. And in turn, it's like, see, they're taking all of her jobs. They're doing this. There's a lot of boogeyman stuff going on. That's why they don't want to fix it. When Reagan legalized over 2 million people, he said, fix the immigration problem. And what did they do? Nothing. And so, since so, so t- and, and this has been going on for years. Huh? What was the guy the director of? Homeland Security. I can look it up real quick. Yeah, I'm doing it right now. So, you know, um, you know, it, it sucks, but that that's just, uh, he was in that, he was, he was talking to AOC and he said that. Yeah. No, that wasn't him. Yes, it was. Okay, right here. What is your name, sir? So, uh, but yeah, I don't see it on here either. It's just that's all I got. I right. So that that but that's him when he was talking to. Um, oh, that piece of garbage. When he was talking to the AOC about that, so, but th- that's about you know, but now here we've got this Afghan stuff going on, mm-hmm. and we've we had these folks pretty much put their lives in the hands and the hope that we'll be protecting them, and now all of a sudden we pull out and we leave them and their family there to die. Okay, so me being over there. My opinion is just, you know, like another veteran's is, um, their mentality is nothing like a macho mouse. The Afghans, the Afghans that I know and, and cherish and love are like... I know this sounds so cruel, and I'm probably going to get a lot of veterans mad at me, but they're beta. They're calm, they're happy, kind of family men. They're not charging, like, D-Day kind of soldiers. They're not like Mr. Lewis. Um, They're not like, um, I'm trying to think of my grandmother's uh, friend. But they're not like my grandfather. They're not like my dad and my uncle, and they're, they're not... They rather be fathers instead of fighters. Right. And it's like their whole entire family structure and unit is different than ours because they do believe in, you know, parenting and stuff like that. And they do, well, they do hit their children, but it's not like um, abuse or anything like that. But the, the mentality of Afghan versus Iraqis and Muslims and stuff like that. That is different mentalities. So the Muslims, um, and I will tell you this directly, they are the enemy. They are demonic, possessed human beings. And people are like, oh, you know, when they come over here, they're different and all this other stuff. And But uh, I highly suggest you do your history and read what their belief systems are. Because if you're not a Muslim, you are the enemy. 
that's in their documents. You know, people like, oh, they'd like to try to use the Bible against us. Well, the Bibles do tell us about Muslims and other religions and having other false gods and all this other stuff. So if you want to use that against that. But the things I've seen, I can't unsee them. You know, the experiences I have with that religion, I cannot honorably say to anybody that that religion is happy that religion is comforting and loving I can't say that because I, I would totally go against everything that I believe in that religion is pure insane demonic it's all it's almost the same line as Satanism and Luciferian and all this other demonic stuff that we have in the United States like when we have people uh, coming out as Congress saying that they are Satanists and then we wonder why was why America is you know on fire a little bit that's why and it's like I don't feel that every American is walking away from God I don't believe that people are stop believing in God because I mean some of the stuff that we do here in Virginia God is always there it's always present you know and like some of the ceremonies that we do, right? And I think it's really interesting how um, we no longer see the Pledge of Allegiance in Congress now because of that one guy said, you know, I pledge allegiance to the United States and left out God and stuff like that on purpose twice, right? And now we don't hear anything about that. You know what I mean? So it's like slowly chipping away God and then you have people like you and me with a prey and it's like you can ship all all you want but there are christian warriors here that will always be here we and it's like we may not say you know oh this is bad you're going to hell and all this other stuff right but there are christians that will say that you know um, when i was at the pasadena uh, rose bowl parade there was Christians with big crosses walking down the street, and, and it was beautiful. But you'd never see that on TV. You never saw that on TV. I've seen the Rose Bowl Parade, oh my gosh, um, at least a good 20 times, at least. Maybe less, maybe, I don't know. Right. But I never saw the Christians there. But me being there physically, on the sidelines, watching everything... The Christians were humongously there. And everybody's telling me, oh, Los Angeles is for the lost people, right? There may be some truth to that. I'm not sure. But I just feel that um, when people say these things about the Muslim faith and, oh, it's different here in the United States, is it different? What's different? I need to know specifically what is different. Because what I've seen over there, like I shared with you earlier, I can't unsee that hearing the screams and everything all that you cannot just turn that off that's there with you for the rest of your life and when I came home from all of this I had to digest it you know and the only way I kept my mind and my heart and my soul is because I'm a believer of Jesus Christ and I feel that when I was overseas and when I was deployed that is literally the only thing that kept me was my foundation of Jesus Christ. 
And when I, when I hear people speak about, you know, oh, the Taliban this, oh, it's a new Taliban. It's, they're, they're for gay people. No, they're not. They throw gay people off buildings in the public square so people will know you do not be a homosexual. That's against their God. And a lot of people say, oh, their God is like our God of the Christian faith. No, it's not. Not the same. Um, I know a lot of people try to do parallels between uh, Muslim faith versus, you know, the Catholic faith. And it's just, there's no God that you and I believe in is the only God. And I know people are going to be upset for me saying that, but that's that's the truth, you know. And when uh, they had videos of um, investigators going in and um, they had video cameras like on their pins, on their burkas and stuff like that and they recorded uh, the Muslims um, opening up their like little mosque or whatever and they had like regular Americans coming in and stuff like that and once they left they, this lady goes I want to kill everybody that came in here that didn't you know change into their faith on camera in the United States so tell me how that is different from the Middle East or even Africa, for that matter, because the Muslims are in Africa, a lot in Egypt, and other, I can't say other places where I was, but, you know, in other places in Africa, and they literally stone their women. They have their sons stone their mothers. They, there's no, like, attachment to the female, and it's just like, I know there's going to be like a Muslim guy. Oh, I love my mother. Oh, I love my mother. My mother. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. You may have that relationship and thank God that you do have that relationship. Right. But like the, the hatred for the Afghanistan, I feel is a fear, not just because that they know they can be killed and tortured and all this other stuff. Right. But they've seen it. Like they could say maybe my my grandfather was tortured and killed. Or my father was tortured and killed. My uncle was killed. My Everybody was killed in his family. And he's the only one. So that produces fear. And that's what the Taliban specialize in is fear. Just like the Democrat specialize in fear mongering. Oh, you're going to die of COVID. Oh, you're going to die of this. Oh, you're going to die of this. But you know what we're dying of? Diabetes. We're dying of um, heart attacks, strokes. We're dying of, you know, other diseases, not virus, diseases. And to break down what disease is, is disease mean is the body is distressed. That's what diseases mean. Right. And with all of my training and background in the digestive system and the liver and the functionality of our bodies, well, guess what? A disease can be cured. That's it. Viruses are forever, right? No, um, viruses is a whole different playing ground, right? But it's like when they tell you to put a mask on your face, you are opening your mouth and breathing in your own bacteria, which causes people to have ammonia, you know? <clears throat> Correct. So... I'm, I'm going to stop there because I see you're yawning. Ah. <laughs> I'm putting him, I'm yeah. putting Brian to sleep. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
Well, we're at the two-hour and 18-minute mark, so do you have anything else you want to talk about? Or mm-hmm. what else we, What else you want to speak about? I want to say first thank you. Yeah. Because um, I love doing podcasts with you. Um, I want to say thank you to my dad. Um, my dad, to this day, is still a hero in my eyes. This man has done so much for this nation and has never asked, you know, um, thank you or anything like that, right? He never, uh, I would say, like, brainwashed me to believe in things. He showed me things. He taught me things, right? And that's a different kind of parenting, right? And, oh my gosh, I just, I just did a connection. Okay. So the way I was raised, right, Mm -hmm. is how I do business today. And for our next president, I I really pray that um, we can reelect President Trump. Um, I really wish that people understood what business is, right? Business is a relationship, you know? if you sold me something, let's, let's say you sold me um, bananas, right? Mm-hmm. And I got some bananas that were no good. But you were like, okay, I can give you your money back or I can give you replace the bananas. But you keep the bad ones, right? Or, or take them away, whatever. And um, that to me is what America is. We are a business, right? We are in the process of selling. And the thing is, when I saw how Americans, right, were so happy when we were um, energy efficient, we didn't need this mess that we have now with the energy and stuff like that. And then when he cut down the carbons and he cut down pollution and stuff like that, right, nobody gave a hoot. But the patriots and the people that believe in really like the structure of business, that's awesome, right? What was awesome that was people were getting motivated, right, to work again and stuff like that. So um, BCP, which is Black Conservative Patriot on YouTube, that's another, you know, ways I get my news. He was sharing that um, the, what is it called? The money has run out for people to... Um, rely on the government for paychecks. Right. I, I don't know what that's called. The unemployment? Yes, unemployment is no longer. Right. So, it was like the other side, the stimu- the stipend to the unemployment, which was, that was one of them things that made me angry because I was always, ha- during the pandemic, I've had to go to work every day. And thank you. So, yeah. So, which I'm fine with going to work i'd prefer to go to work honestly but there was people that i knew who was making less than me okay and they were working part-time and then they would get laid off because of it then they started getting they were making as much as me plus well they were making more than me with that stipend and unemployment because uh if i had now i would have to work like a overtime shift or two to be making what they were making and that was just like 
like I remember he told me this and I got kind of angry but then I was like well I don't want to get angry at him because he was the one, it wasn't like he was the one who passed this bill no. you know and um, so in turn like if you look at the people doing the rent like they, they, they haven't paid their rent in months but Year. you know they're like so now this landlord is in the uh, he, they're the one that's after you know and, and like they're on the hook for that property and they're everyone tries to make it out like these landlords are multi-millionaires yeah. that you know and that's not true most of them are using it for retirement and using it for other little things and to me uh what a healthy community that 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 you know we shouldn't we shouldn't be just turning a blind eye to that and then you've got i mean the gov in the end of the day everything winds up the government is trying to help, and they will just make a situation go from worse to to to, to from from a bad situation to a worse situation mm-hmm. within two years. I mean, look at Roanoke. We've got a straight Democrat city council, and we've had the pandemic, and we've got homelessness blowing up. We've got gun violence everywhere. We've moved up to I think number six. Uh, uh, most dangerous city, I think, here in the Virginia. You know, I'm not certain. If, I don't think it was nationally. I hope not. Uh, but here in Virginia, we're number six now. But the homelessness has got to be. People have got to really start making actual solutions and not just throwing money after money because they're just like there's the farm, uh, the big pharma, the military industrial complex. There's also big homelessness. There's people that we need to figure out who's homeless because they're sick, who needs just medication, who who wants to be homeless. Some people just don't care. They want to be that stray cat, you know. Mm-hmm. We need to figure a lot of stuff out. And then at the same time, we don't want to push them away because I know that, like, if you push them into the forest and they'll say there's females in there, well, now they're getting attacked mm-hmm. and they have nowhere to go to, you know. So there's a lot of situations, and Republicans, Democrats, people got to start start actually throwing solutions up, meaningful solutions. And I think yeah. the church and communities should be involved. Yes, but the other thing that we didn't really talk about that is very important here in Roanoke, as well as Virginia and the nation here, is that critical race theory that's going around. And I'm so happy to hear that parents are finally like stepping up and saying no i'm not going to vaccinate my child i'm not going to put a, a mask on my child i am definitely not going to listen to my child cry because they're ashamed that they're white like what is that why do you have to be ashamed of like why does that even come into the school here china is focusing on math reading um history and, and Eng- or english chinese you know their language and stuff like that and here we're focusing on race and uh oh who is going to be the transgender that's reading to my child today at the library i i when the library started doing this i was shocked because the library is a very educated um facility it, and that's what it is it's a facility and when this started, I was like, no, that's crazy. Why? But nobody was going to the libraries anymore. Right. Nobody reads anymore. So it's like, Brian, when you sit with somebody that reads, like, 
I got my paperwork over here that I was reading. And it's just like, it's a whole different conversation because it's like, no, I've read that. No, that's not what that meant. Or that's not what that said. This is what it said, you know? Right. Because a lot of people are getting their news and information from other people, then actually reading. And a lot of the government has to, by law, uh, put their documents online now. You because nobody goes to the library, right? And so you don't have to use a microfiche because people don't even know what that is. You know, they don't know how to look up books and stuff like that. And I'm 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 a sucker because I I know the old way, right? Going through the card catalog thing, opening in the long drawers, right? right? You're finding it that way, and now you just go online and just you know tap it. Uh, it even taps the color for you. That's how uh, LA is. But it was. Um, this critical race theory is really ridiculous in the aspect that um, no kids should be subject to this. They should just learn math, you know, read, write, English, you know, maybe another foreign language if they desire to learn that. Um, these magnet schools, um, I used to donate to All Saints Church Catholic School in Manassas, Virginia, and I will no longer do that. But it's just like these schools, private, state, or, you know, I don't, homeschooling, right? Um, these are all these different options. But a public schools, um, I, I want to say about maybe three years ago, they had a big, huge thing about nutrition going in and stuff like that. And now I noticed uh, they took that out. Mm-hmm. So back, like literally like three years ago, when President Trump was president, they had salad bars in schools, in elementary schools and up, right? In different states, not every single state uh, adopted this, but they, they uh, took out the Coca-Cola and Pepsis and they put in water, right? Water bottles and, and stuff like that, just to see how that would change the attention span and how they would retain information. And it worked. And it was like somebody like me went up to the school and said, hey, I will donate my culinary experience as well as my nutrition background, and I will cook for these children, right? They took like one tour and they showed all the frozen and processed food. Everything's coming from um, large, large, large um, uh, five gallon Containers like when you know you go to the paint store and you get the five gallons, you mm -hmm. know, like that. That's how they do food. They do soups and that. They they, they process everything into into containers like that. Well, it's a known fact that you should not eat out of plastic containers. You should if you buy stuff that's in plastic when you go home, put it in a glass container, right? And well, glass also keeps the uh, any product lot longer as well because it's sealed tight. Right. But um, plastic actually dumbs down and it, there's like actual research on like well now we know what bpa is and now we know you know this is toxic for our bodies and stuff like that right but um i progressed i just wanted to say um that we have we are fully being attacked on all sides and like first baptist church um is going to be um, protesting at Planned Parenthood about abortion and stuff like that and I highly support that and they're getting the young girls involved in this 
And that to me is very important because they need to understand like not everybody has the mentality or the upbringing that you do. There's girls that are your age that doesn't have a father and she fell in love with a guy and he knocked her up and he rolled out, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like you, if other women can, or girls can see how other girls are, there's going to be a better understanding, more dialogue and stuff like that and communication. And I highly support First Baptist for doing this. But First Baptist also does uh, help with Habitat for Humanity. They do a lot of nonprofit organizations. And that to me is extremely important because you're introducing the community to Christians again. You're introducing the community to say, hey, we're not dead. You know, God is much alive here. And if you can, I'm not saying you as no, a no, bride, but if you can understand that we are in a spiritual battle first, then everything else makes sense. Everything. Because the Marxist was communist, right? Communist was here in, uh, after World War One, And a lot of things started after, right before World War Two. So the 1930s, after the, like, the Great Depression hit, right? We had a massive Great Depression in the, the end of the 20s, right? Because you had the Roaring Twenties, and then you had the stock market crash. But then another thing that they don't teach here in America anymore is when the stock market uh, crashed, right? That was the cities. But something came and destroyed all the farms in the United States from the West Coast and the Mid Coast or the like the mountains and stuff like that. And it was sandstorms. These sandstorms, right? We don't even know how this happened, right? But it covered up homes, the dirt and everything, destroyed all the crops, there was no food. So there was an actual famine. But people thought the famine came from the stock market crash. No, see, but then there's like people like me that I'm, I'm a reader, that is, that is like my passion. And these sandstorms blew all the way to Washington, D.C. They have reports that the sandstorms were even in D.C. So they came from like the Midwest area all the way through the United States. And that's why people were starving. That's why you saw people in uh, trying to get food at the, um, those places. And, but guess who was up and running? Guess who was always open? The Clara White Mission was always open. That was Jacksonville, Florida. And that's just... A little bit of history. Right. But anyway, well, I want to say thank you, and I'm going to shut up now. Yeah, well, I think it's since we tied it all back around <laughs> with uh, Clara. We circle White. back? Yeah. So uh, I think that's a good place to just end it. We've hit 235. So, um, all right. Uh, they, you got anywhere you, you still post videos on Rumble? Yes. Okay. And that, what's that? What, what's your uh, handle? Do you remember it? American Receipts, 1776. Okay, American. That's where I talk about documents, uh, like this one that your baby's on right yes. now. Yes. Um, I talk, I go through uh, America Receipts, 1776 is um, a channel on Rumble that I specifically break down CIA documents 
and go through histories from that. So I do a lot of research and then I just, you know, just spit it out what I've learned, right? Mm -hmm. And then um, beautiful chili, or it was a beautiful chef. I think it was beautiful chef on Rumble. Okay. I got so many of them. Um, beautiful chef is um, where I break down nutrition, food, and I critique other people's cooking and say, ooh, I need to try that. And then um, I have like two videos I haven't uploaded yet that uh, I tried their recipe and it was really yummy. Because I know I've got the links. So I'll put the links in the, the things here and uh, in the description below. So that way people can give you a follow if they wish. So, all right, well, thanks for sitting in with me. And uh, we'll have to do this again sooner than later. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. So until next time, I'm Brian, and we will see you later. Thanks for listening to Maximum Libertarian. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Podbean, Spotify, and all the other places you listen to your podcast. Please also follow us on our social media sites at Twitter, at we are Max Lib. Then uh, go over to our YouTube channel and subscribe to it. Click the notification bell and you'll find us at Maximum Libertarian. So until next time, kids, remember, get active, join your local affiliate, and spread the word. Until next time, don't just live free. Don't just be free. Stay free. Later.